Grace and peace to you from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm Nader Mansour and I pray this message will draw you closer to Jesus. In our study so far, we have been looking at the principles of the heavenly kingdom. The principles of the kingdom that is really a family. We saw how that operates and we saw how God created on earth a model. On earth, there was to be a family that was to, ref that was to reflect the heavenly family. And we also saw how Satan infected his principles into the earthly family, causing its downfall and its woe and destruction. Today we're going to see in this study what God has designed in order to restore and re-educate the earthly family in order to bring it back to the heaven. How he was going to unmask the lies of Satan and how he was going to reveal the workings of the heavenly family to the family on earth that they might be restored. Earlier, we saw in this illustration how Satan attacked the divine order of heaven. We saw that the order is clear in that harmony could only be maintained with a recognition of the Father as the source and that all things, all good things and only good things flow from him. We saw also that Satan attacked this family in heaven. He attacked it by attacking the identity of God as the only supreme source. Satan came to look within himself for, as a source of beauty and wisdom. We also saw that Satan attacked the character of God, the character of God being love. That's his very nature. This was also done in Satan attacking the law of God as personified in the Son of God, who is the key that holds all things together and the one by whom all things consist. These aspects were the foundational points that Lucifer attacked in heaven. And it's these foundational points that God must re-educate humanity with in order to restore us back to the heavenly kingdom. You see, God is given a revelation of himself that is to counteract the lies of Lucifer. This revelation of himself is specifically designed to un unmask the foundational points that Lucifer inserted into the human minds and caused all this darkness and blackness. As we saw earlier as well in this illustration, we see all the emptiness that man was filled with at the very center and heart of all this emptiness was a false concept of God. Man had lost the knowledge of God. So as the Bible says, man does not seek after God even though he be not far from us. God was going to begin right at where Lucifer inserted his lies, at the very heart of the matter, to re-educate the human family about the correct identity of who God is, the correct identity of his character, and thereby restoring to man a correct understanding of how family ought to run. These are the principles that we will examine today. And we will be consulting the scriptures frequently to see what the Bible reveals about this most wondrous plan. You see, in the pages of the scriptures is the system of re-education that God gave to man. The scriptures are actually the textbook to teach us about how things operate in heaven. It was given to man in order to dispel the lies of Satan, in order to correct in man's mind and understanding a correct concept of who God is, what he is like, and what it is like to live in his family. All these things were demonstrated in the life of Christ. But you see, Christ was giving this instruction all the way from the beginning. It's through the pages of scripture that Christ was speaking from the very first time that he communed with man after the fall. 
We see that in the promise that was given to Adam and Eve in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15, where the Bible says, And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise its heel. You see, the human race was going to be re-educated by the Son of God. The Son of God, the one that holds all things together, the key that holds together the whole family of heaven, is the one who was re-educating the human family. In the promise that God gave to Adam and Eve through Christ, it prefigured His coming. And Christ instituted a system of sacrifices, of types, and ceremonies that would re-educate the human family about what things were like in heaven. This revelation is given clearly in the words of the scriptures. This revelation was also given in nature. We will be consulting the book of nature in a later study. But let's consult first the book of Revelation, the scriptures, and what the scriptures reveal knowing that the scriptures are the word of God. The scriptures are what Christ is teaching and re-educating man, the process whereby he will re-educate his mind and dispel the lies of Satan in order to restore man. Let us look at this diagram that we have found earlier. This was what was attacked by Lucifer. This concept of the heavenly family, with the father being at the head, was outlined through the pages of the scripture. And we're going to consult the pages of the scripture with this purpose in mind, to see how God has chosen to reveal and confirm to us how the heavenly family operates. The purpose and design of this is to dispel the lies of Lucifer. We saw, as we uh, see here before us, that at the head of the, the uh, heavenly family is the father. Lucifer had questioned the position of the Father as the great source of all. He had started thinking and believing that he had a source within himself other than the Father. And so at the very first place where God is going to re-educate humanity is at the very first place that Lucifer struck. He is going to start at the very top. He will start with teaching man the most basic principle that in the heavenly family there is only one head, the Father. Let us see how we turn into the pages of the scripture and see what is revealed to us. We're going to be looking at a number of passages, so I pray that you will pay careful heed as we look at what God has chosen to reveal through the scriptures. Our first text is found in Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 4. The Bible says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. In this passage, God is revealing a principle to His people a principle that reveals how things are in heaven. The Lord our God is one Lord. There are no multiple sources. There's only one source. That one source is God. Notice how else this is confirmed in Malachi chapter 2 and verse 10. Have we not all one Father? Hath not one God created us? This is the principle that lies at the foundation of the operation of the heavenly family. The heavenly family has one head, one God and Father of all. Notice how Ephesians chapter 3 verses 14 and 15 bring this out. The Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. You see, the purpose of God revealing this is to reveal also how the beings and members in the heavenly family receive value and identity. They are named by the Father. That is why God establishes the very first thing that Lucifer started attacking, 
that there were multiple sources. This again is confirmed in the same book, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 6. One God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. This revelation is restoring to men an understanding of how things operate in heaven. You see, without this revelation, we would have no idea of what takes place in heaven. Without God communicating to us in our fallen condition, we would not understand what things are like in heaven. All we have known is the system of education that we have by nature as fallen beings. That is the principles of Satan's kingdom. But God in his mercy has chosen to reveal to us in his sacred book what takes place in heaven so that we might understand how we can be members of that family and how we can pattern our families here on earth according to that divine model. That is why this revelation is so abundant in the scriptures. Notice how else this is also revealed in other passages in the Bible. In James 1.17, it says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variable, variableness, neither shadow of turning. Here God is again emphasizing the point to humanity, that there is only one source. This one source is the Father. This is directed at the lie of Satan that there are multiple sources for power and life. This demonstrates that the heavenly family has God, the Father, at its head. He is the great source of every good gift and every perfect gift. It comes down from Him. We have not been totally cut off because of what Christ has done. The fact that Christ came to die for us enables us to still receive in part, blessings from God. Blessings that God wants them to be full and complete, which is why He wants to restore us completely to His kingdom, that we might partake of the fullness of the blessing that is belonging to each and every member of the heavenly kingdom. Notice how else the Apostle Paul brings this out in 1 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 6. But to the sorry, but to us there is but one God, the Father, of whom are all things and we in Him, and one Lord Jesus Christ, by whom are all things, and we by Him. This is a foundational revelation. Paul was declaring, under inspiration, how the heavenly kingdom operates, how the family of heaven operates. There is one God the Father, of whom are all things. This reveals that God is the source, and the only source. And one Lord Jesus Christ, by whom are all things. Everything is through Jesus Christ. And we're going to look at the position of the Son in more detail because God is rebuilding the family kingdom of heaven in the mind of man. God is re-educating man about what is really happening in heaven. The Son is the one by whom are all things, as we saw earlier. You see, God is confirming for us what we have found to be the case before sin entered into the world. Sin has necessitated a declaration and explanation of how things really are because man in his sinfulness could not behold God, could not understand God, would not seek after God. But Jesus in his mercy came and revealed these things to us. I am so thankful that God has not left us in darkness. Notice how else the scriptures goes on to declare the same truths. In John 1 and verse 18, 
The scripture says, No man hath seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, He hath declared Him. Here we see that Christ, the most qualified person in the universe, being the only begotten Son of God, is the one who is re-educating mankind. He has been doing that through the pages of the scriptures. The scriptures are the word of God. Christ is the word of God. We are getting the very highest education. We are getting education and information from the very highest source. Not only that, but Christ came and demonstrated the principles of that kingdom when he was here in person on earth. Notice how else the scriptures brings out this intimate acquaintance of Christ with the principles of heaven, particularly with the governor and king and head of the heavenly family. In Matthew chapter 11 and verse 27. Neither knoweth any man the Father, save the Son, and he to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. The Son knows the Father best. And in order to dispel the lies of Satan, God sent his highest and most qualified messenger, his own son, to dispel the lies of Satan, to rebuild and re-educate in mankind's mind the truth about what heaven is like. This is what true education is all about. It's about restoring in man the image of God. In order for this to take place, man must first understand the correct identity of who God is. This is paramount and imperative in order for man to reflect in his household, in his home, and in his family, the principles of this government, the principles of this kingdom, the principles which are only life and joy and happiness. In the story of Jesus when he was here on earth, in the life of Christ, we have a very interesting incident where Jesus spells out plainly the truth of the first and foremost principle of heaven's kingdom, the foundational and first of all elements of the heavenly kingdom. This story is recorded in Mark chapter 12. We'll read from verses 28 to 32. And one of the scribes came and having heard them reasoning together and perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, which is the first commandment of all? Here the scribe asks Christ a question. Which is the first commandment of all? What is the most foundational principle of the gospel? What is the most foundational principle of heaven's kingdom? What is the first commandment of all? Many of us, if we were asked this question, we would give the answer of love, love to God and love to man. But notice how Christ sets the first and foremost principle even before we can have love towards God. Let's read his answer. And Jesus answered him, the first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. At the heart of restoring God's kingdom and rebuilding it is a correct identity of God, knowing that the Lord our God is one Lord. This is a foundational pillar stone. This was attacked by Lucifer as evidenced by the confusion that is in the world today over the identity of God. There are so many theories and ideas and speculations as to who God is and what God is like. This is the foundation that enables us to love God. Remember, 
we read in the scriptures that we love him because he first loved us. Our love towards God is based on knowing him and knowing his love for us. Before we can love God, we must know who he is. That's why Christ begins at the Aleph of the restoration, at the first letter, at the very beginning. He begins with the A of restoring the family of heaven. Notice how he continues to build on this principle as we read. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment and the second is like, namely this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. Here Christ summarized the principles of the government of heaven, the principles of the family in heaven. These principles are based squarely on the identity of who God is and on love to Him, which can only come as a result of a recognition of His love to us. And it follows that love will be manifest towards each other. We saw that these are the principles that held everything together in the family of heaven. Here Christ was answering the scribe's question, beginning at the very foundation and giving a brief overview and summary of what heaven really is like, the principles that govern heaven. All these principles are based on knowing the identity of who is at the head of the heavenly kingdom. You see, friends, this is what Satan has been attacking through the years. This is what is confusing people today. And this is why God sends a message in the last days to restore the true structure of the family by revealing and confirming the true structure of the heavenly family. Thus, the answer of Jesus identifies the Father as the great source of all. This is the first law. This is the main pillar of the cycle. Notice how the conversation continues. And notice what the scribe says in the next verse. And the scribe said unto him, Well, master, thou hast said the truth, for there is one God, and there is none other but he. You see, the scribe, in his work of copying the scriptures time and again, had recognized the principles that underlie the gospel. The gospel is based on, first of all, knowing that God is one. In his answer, the scribe revealed that he was acquainted with the principles of the kingdom of God. Notice how Jesus confirmed this. Let's read verse 34. And when Jesus saw that he answered discreetly, he said, Thou art not far from the kingdom of God. Isn't that amazing? The answer of the scribe meant that he was not far from the kingdom of God. You see, the scribe went on to say that there is one God and none other but he, and we are to love him. And loving him and loving our neighbor is more than whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. When he said this, Jesus told him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. Do you see how this principle is the very first principle in restoring the kingdom of God and re-educating man about how the kingdom of God runs? When we understand how the kingdom of God runs, we will be able to pattern our family after the original model. The scribe had learned this truth from the Old Testament scriptures. Notice how the Bible revealed this principle in a number of places. Let's read it in Deuteronomy 4 and verse 35. Unto thee it was showed that thou mightest know that the Lord, He is God, there is none else beside Him. 
This is why the scribe said, there is one God and none other but he. He had a correct understanding of the identity of the head of the family of heaven. Jesus commended him and said, you know what? With that, you are not far from the kingdom of God. God wants us all to be not far from the kingdom of God. Notice how Christ enumerates and expounds on the subject of their conversation. Christ expounds on it in John chapter 8 and tells us specifically who was being referred to by the scribe and himself when they were speaking about one God and none other but he. In John 8, 54, Jesus answered, If I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my Father that honoreth me, of whom ye say that he is your God. It is the Father who is the God of the Jews. It is the Father who is the God of the family in heaven and earth. This is the revelation of Jesus Christ. This is the highest authority on this topic. Christ Jesus is the most intimately acquainted with the Father, and He came from heaven to earth to declare the fact that there is one God, that the family in heaven has one head. There are no multiple sources. You see, if any of you have ever been in a family, you know that a family, in order for it to run smoothly and successfully, can only have one head, can only have one leader. If there is more than one head or if there is diverse leadership, the family will not function harmoniously. The reason this is so is because the earthly family was designed and patterned after the heavenly family. Thus, it is clear that the heavenly family, in order to run harmoniously and successfully and remain happy, the head of the family must only be one. There is one leader. There is one God and Father of all. This truth is further clarified in other scriptures. Notice John 4, 23. Jesus says, But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship Him. You see, those who understand the principles of heaven will yield and give their allegiance and their love and their worship to the head of the heavenly family. True worshipers will worship the Father. All glory and praise and thanksgiving and joyous service we see returns as a tide of love to the source of all things, the Father. Everything ultimately returns to the Father. And the way that things return to the Father, as we see right there in our illustration, is through the key that links all creation with the Father. This is how the family of heaven is organized, and this is what God is seeking to re-educate the family on earth with. Notice how the Son holds a position that is unique that nobody else holds. It's a position of connecting creatures with the Creator, those who receive the blessing with the source of all blessings. This is how the true worshipers worship the Father. Let's look at the position of the Son. Let's see how the Scriptures reveal to us and re-educate us about the correct identity of the one that Lucifer was warring against in heaven. You see, Lucifer, in order to attack the principles of the family of heaven, did not only attack the identity of the Father, but also the Son. We saw earlier that it was the Son who holds all things together. 
It's the Son by whom all things consist. And it is the Son that Lucifer made the direct object of his attacks because the Son of God was the living embodiment of the law of God. Let's see how the scriptures reveal to us the correct position of the Son so that we might pattern in our families after the divine model. Notice what the Bible says in John 1, 1 and 2. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. We already saw that Christ existed with God from the beginning. He actually was God. He, in other words, possessed the divine nature. He has the very nature of God and is rightfully called God. The fact that he has this is evidenced by the creative abilities that Christ demonstrated when creating the world. You see, the fact that Christ is equal to God is based on his sonship. Notice how this is brought out in John chapter 5 and verse 18. Therefore the Jews sought the more to kill him, because he not only had broken the Sabbath, but said also that God was his father, making himself equal with God. The Son of God said that God was his father. When he said this, it made him equal with God. You see, his sonship is the basis of his equality. This is what things are like in a family kingdom. This is what things are like in the heavenly family kingdom. The position of the son is his, not because of preference, but it is his by divine inheritance. His equality with God is based on the fact that he is the only begotten son. And it is this very thing that Lucifer attacked, as we saw plainly in the wilderness, when he said to Jesus, if thou be the son of God. Notice how the scriptures further confirms for us and rebuilds in our minds how heaven operates. Hebrews 1, 4 and 5. Being made so much better than the angels as he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. For unto which of the angels said he at any time, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. And again, I will be to him a father and he shall be to me a son. Here God sets clearly a distinction between His Son and every other created being, particularly the angels. These angels, at one point, had in their number Lucifer. Christ, in the revelation of the scripture, here reveals to us that the position that He holds as one being above all the angels is because of His divine inheritance. You see, in the family of heaven, Christ was the only begotten Son. All other beings were sons by creation, but only Christ was the begotten Son. Being the only begotten Son, that entailed him to a divine inheritance. The Bible tells us that he hath obtained a better name than the angels by inheritance. What is this name that he inherited? We read about it a few verses later. Notice how the Father addresses his Son with the name that he inherited. Verse 8 tells us, But unto the Son he saith, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. Christ is addressed by the Father as God, because he is the Son. Here we see another confirmation that his sonship is the basis of his godhood. This is declared by the Father Himself, the great source of all. This shows us plainly 
that the kingdom of heaven is unlike any other kingdom. It's a family. The father is at, his, at, his, at its head. The son is the one who links all things to the father. This revelation and declaration is designed to awaken in man the truth about the lies of Satan. It's designed to unmask the lies of Satan. The lies of Satan are built on everything that is the opposite to family. It is the very antithesis of family. God is declaring plainly the truth that the family relationship that he holds with his son is a real one. This divine inheritance of Christ entails all things. Notice how this is confirmed and establishes once again the fact that God the Father is the one of whom are all things. Matthew chapter 11 and verse 27. All things are delivered unto me of my Father, and no man knoweth the Son but the Father, neither knoweth any man the Father save the Son, and he to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. The Son of God says that all things were delivered unto him of his Father. This was a confirmation that there is only one source, not multiple sources, as Lucifer was saying. You see, in the pages of these revelations in the scriptures, we must understand what God is seeking to show to men, what God is seeking to teach men. He's teaching men about how the kingdom of heaven operates. Let's read a little further and see the overabundance of these revelations designed to teach men so that we would not misunderstand the lesson, so that we would not be deceived by the lies of Satan. Notice what John 3.35 says, The Father loveth the Son and hath given all things into His hand. The Son received all things from the Father. Everything was His by right of divine inheritance. This is the very pillar of the family of heaven. This very pillar is what Lucifer attacked. He is attacking the divine inheritance of Christ by denying that Christ received everything from his Father. He creates another source other than the Father. This is vital to understand. You see, Lucifer had come to think that beauty and power and wisdom originated with himself, another source besides the Father. He is seeking to make the same lie about Christ, thereby denying his inheritance, denying the fact that he received all things from the Father and making him into another source, thereby confusing the identity of the real source of all things. This is a vital point to keep in mind. And we will see the reflection of this divine model in what God has ordained in nature in order to establish this fact. This is a vital point, and I don't want you to miss it. Lucifer's lies about different sources to the Father even extended to Christ himself. He has robbed Christ of his divine inheritance. And notice how the scriptures tells us that all things Christ received from God including life. Let's read it in John 5, 26. The Bible says, For as the Father hath life in himself, so hath he given to the Son to have life in himself. This is one of the greatest declarations of the family of heaven, which only has one head, not multiple heads. 
It only has one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Christ, the Son of God, establishes this fact for us. He is dispelling the lies of Lucifer about the false identity that he has created regarding God and the false character that he has attributed God with. You see, Lucifer, in his lies, declares that God is actually selfish, that God is not love, that God is self-serving. Through the giving of the gift of his son, God demonstrates the lie about his character that Lucifer came up with. He shows that he is indeed love. These revelations, brothers and sisters, that we are looking at, are designed to awaken man from his slumber. Christ the Son of God, received all things from His Father, even the Father's life. This is why Christ is the only one who shares with the Father that divine nature. That's why He is the only one that is most acquainted with the Father. And He is the only one that can hold all things together, and by Him all things consist. In demonstration of the fact that Christ in is in possession of this divine nature, the Bible reveals to us further confirmation of this fact. Notice what John 1, 3 says, All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. This is evidence of His divine inheritance. Christ is a divine being. He is God by nature. He possesses the attributes and very nature and essence of God. This is because He has inherited all things from the Father. Notice how further this is clarified in the scriptures. Hebrews 1, 2, speaking of the Father, says, Hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. God made the worlds by his Son. His Son was the active agent in creating all things, including Lucifer. This is clear evidence of his divine inheritance. Notice how Colossians brings it out in chapter 1, verse 16. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in the earth. All things were created by him and for him. Why is there so much information about this in the scriptures? Why are we repeating and giving so much evidence? It's because the lies of Lucifer have necessitated such a clear, unequivocal revelation. God does not want us to be deceived. And in revealing the position of His Son, God reveals plainly that His Son holds all things together. Let's read the next verse in verse 17. And He is before all things, and by Him all things consist. He's the one that holds all things together. The same truth is brought out in Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 3 which says, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power. Christ upholds all things. He is the one by whom all things consist. The position of Christ as the divine Son of God, as the only begotten Son of God, is a key point in our understanding. This is what helps us to understand why Christ holds an equal position to the Father. Make no mistake about it. Don't let Satan deceive you. Christ is equal with God. And the scripture has revealed to us how he is so. This revelation about the family of heaven is vital in order for us to understand it in the family on earth. 
You see, when we look next time at the story of Adam and Eve, and when we look at the father and the mother in the home, we will learn something very important. We will learn that the father and the mother are equal. They possess the same nature equally. But the father and the mother do not have equal functions and roles and responsibilities. They have specific roles and responsibilities designed by God to reflect the original of heaven. This is why when we understand the position of the father and the son, it will be very easy for us to understand the position of the parents in the, heavenly home, in the earthly home that is to be patterned after the heavenly. Notice how this equality of Christ is clearly declared in the scriptures. In Philippians chapter 2 and verse 6, the Bible says, Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. The equality of Christ with God is based on who He is. It's based on His relationship with God. It's based on the fact that He is the Son of the living God. He has the very form and character of God Himself. But notice that Christ holds in the family of heaven a position that is unique to Him. It's a position that links creatures with the Father. This position is only filled by Him and no one else. This is why the scriptures reveal to us in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 3 the following, But I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of the woman is the man, and the head of Christ is God. Here we see that Christ, who is equal to God, has a head. His head is the Father. This is how a family operates. There is only one head. Notice that the Father, being the head of Christ, does not make Christ less. It does not make Christ unequal. We saw that He is plainly equal, possessing equally the divine nature. But His position and function in the family of heaven is unique to Him alone. This position, as the Father being the head, reveals to us that the Son is in submission to the Father. He is in submission, not because He is less, but because the family of heaven has only one head. This is vital for us to reflect in our earthly home, in our earthly families. Notice how this aspect is brought out in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 28. And when all things shall be subdued unto Him, then shall the Son also Himself be subject unto him that put all things under him, that God may be all in all. What a unique position the Son has. He is subject to the Father. This verse, of course, is speaking about the end of all things, when sin will be put down and the last enemy, which is death, will be destroyed, and when all things will be restored to how they always have been, because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. This reveals to us that the position of the Son in loving submission to the Father is a position that He always had. It's a position of an equal to God who recognizes that heaven is a family, that the family only has one head. What a vital aspect to understand in our homes today. Isn't there such discord and trouble in the home because of vying for positions of leadership in the family. Fathers and mothers, and in society, we have homes that either have multiple leaders or a competition of leadership. Jesus demonstrates 
loving submission. The submission of an equal for the harmony and maintenance and joy of all heaven. His position is so unique that he occupies the link between all things. He holds them together. We will see that this position represents and should be reflected in the mother of the earthly family. Each and every mother holds a position equal to that of the Son of God in the heavenly family. We will see that a little later. What we're doing now is just seeing what the scriptures reveal about the operations of the heavenly family so that we can pattern our families after it and thereby build a fortress against the attacks of the enemy against the family. Let's see what the scriptures reveals further about this wonderful truth. In John chapter 14 and verse 6, Jesus gives us a beautiful insight as to his identity and the uniqueness of the position that he holds. Because of all these things that we have seen, Christ himself spells out that he is the link. Notice what he says in John 14, 6. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto, no man cometh unto the Father but by me. Christ is revealing that he is the only way to the Father. Remember, friends, these principles are eternal. Christ is not the only way to the Father, only after sin. Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He always was the way to the Father. This is how the heavenly family operates. Christ links all things to the Father because by Him all things consist. Remember, the mother holds a position similar to the Son of God in the earthly family. As we just close this section, in our last moments, we will just look at how the scriptures reveals and confirms the truth that the Son, being the link between the Creator and the, the creature and the Creator, is the one through whom all the worship and praise and glory ultimately goes to the one head of the family in heaven. Notice what Philippians chapter 2 and verse 10 and 11 declare. Thou art that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. You see how everything revolves and is held together by the Son, and this ultimately is to the glory of God the Father. The recognition of the Son's position and acknowledging Him as Lord, as one equal with God, possessing by nature and by virtue of His divine inheritance, the very nature of God. This recognition that gives to the Son worship, homage, and praise, which declares that He is Lord, is ultimately a recognition of the great source of all. It is to the glory of God the Father. It confirms that those, in the mem those as members of the heavenly family and those who are to be educated and restored to the heavenly family will recognize that all things proceed from the Father and that all things ultimately return to the Father. The link that holds all these things together and allows this to be a process that is functional is the Son of God. As we look at this diagram again now that we have looked at, 
we see that the scriptures have revealed to men in the Bible a very clear revelation of the functioning and operation of this kingdom. These principles we will elaborate a little more in part two of our study. We will see the agency whereby God maintains the harmony and whereby God himself is able to fill those who are in his kingdom with love, joy, and peace. How God will, ye will uh, carry out the principles of his kingdom in producing fruit in all the members of his family. We will look at a very special agency in part two that will finalize for us the basic building blocks of the family of heaven and the principles by which it operates. May God bless you as you continue to study and search these things for yourself and seek to apply the truth in your family. If you were blessed by this message, remember to subscribe and share it with others. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Your prayers and support are appreciated. May God richly bless you through His Son, Jesus.